a man after my own heart. She'd reciprocated airily. I can't bear to be tied down. How refreshing. Jonathan had studied her with renewed interest, and she knew she took him. With her rich auburn mane of tumbling curls, wide green eyes and a light tan, she'd been looking particularly well that night, in an elegant cerise-sleeveless dress that showed off her well-toned body to perfection. they dated casually ever since, and though she liked him and had a good time with him, she was by no means in love with Jonathan, and had no desire to move in with him. This easy-going relationship had suited Alison down to the ground. Exclusivity and domesticity were so not her scene either. Work and career advancement were her consuming passions. They made her buzz, giving her an adrenaline rush no romance had ever matched. Alison sighed from the depths of her. She wondered how long her romance with Jonathan would last, now that she was jobless and moving to a small studio no bigger than a medium-sized hotel suite. Not too long, she imagined. Part of her attraction for Jonathan was her independence, financial and otherwise. He liked that she often insisted on paying for their romantic dinners, and that she was not high-maintenance. His wife was bleeding him dry, he often moaned, even though he had been born to affluence and never stinted on luxury items for himself. He was fun to be with, charming and equally important to Alison. He knew so many movers and shakers, and mixed with the creme de la creme in New York and L.A. She'd been on the cusp of bringing several new clients to her firm, having met them socially with Jonathan, and impressing them with her knowledge and expertise in the financial sector, it was the grace of God nothing had been firmed up, and none of their wealth had been invested in Hamilton's, she thought with a shudder, remembering how quickly her world had turned upside down. The downturn, which had hit the financial markets with the speed of a tsunami, devastating hundreds of thousands of investors and mucking up her life big time, was a disaster for her. She certainly wouldn't be able to pay for a dinner à deux in exclusive restaurants any more or go to Norma's, the inn place to have brunch in New York, on Sundays before strolling down to Central Park with the papers. She wouldn't be flying all over the country to join her boyfriend on luxury breaks in fashionable destinations. She would be counting her pennies in her tiny burrow and doing her utmost to find a new position. Jonathan would be far from impressed with her new lodgings, she thought with a wry smile, knowing what a snob he was about such things. She'd got used to the high life, got used to spending crazy money on life's little luxuries. Designer shoes, bags, accessories. She'd spent $250 on a pair of Dolce & Gabbana sunglasses that time she'd gone to the Hamptons, and several hundred more on designer jeans and strappy sandals. She'd spent a fortune that weekend, including splashing out on several bottles of Krug. It hadn't cost her a thought. Now she was making a cocktail last an hour on the rare nights she went out with friends. And her fridge no longer boasted splits of champagne. In fact, her new fridge was half the size of the one she'd had in her apartment. Compact was the best adjective to describe her new abode, Alison thought ruefully as she shivered in the Arctic breeze. It was a three-month sublet which she'd been lucky to acquire through her colleague and best friend, Melora, who, like her, had lost her job. Melora Bushimi had had enough of chilly New York 
and unemployment. She'd had to give up her loft in the meatpacking district for the small studio off-Broadway. Her BMW Cabriolet had been repossessed, and her credit card had been declined when she'd used it to pay for a new laptop, when her own had crashed, with impeccable timing, the day after she became one of America's jobless. Had she still been employed, the company would have paid for a top-of-the-range model. Melora was heading for L.A. for the rest of the winter, where at least she wouldn't have to pay heating bills, and the chances of finding a job had to be better than in gloomy, depressed, recession-battered New York, she reckoned, somewhat illogically, the recession being nationwide. But having secured the studio for a six-month let, she was reluctant to let it go and lose her deposit. Look, unless Jonathan's going to pay your rent, you won't be able to manage much longer where you are without making a huge dent in what's left of your savings. Why don't